Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is, your Saturday, April 10th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. For the first time this season, the Flyers are now not in the top five of the East Division of the National Hockey League because the New York Rangers got a win last night and leapfrogged the Flyers in the standings. Through 40 games, the Rangers now have 43 points. Through 39 games, the Flyers now have 42 points. Rangers last night got a win on the road over the New York Islanders. It was a 4-1 final, handing the Islanders just their second regulation loss at home this season. Other came uh, back uh, in March by the Philadelphia Flyers over the New York Islanders. Uh, also in the division, Caps kept winning. They got the win over the Sabres 4-3, and the Penguins beat the Devils 6-4. Today is what I would term as Achilles' last stand. By the way, I love that song from Zeppelin. But it's Achilles' last stand. I don't know. I'm not saying if the Flyers win the game at 2 o'clock today against the Boston Bruins that they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to go on a run. But I think it's pretty safe to say that if they don't get a win today, probably a regulation win today, there's mathematically it's not impossible, but it's incredibly improbable. The Boston Bruins coming into this game through 37 games, have played uh, 21 wins, 10 losses, 6 overtime losses, 48 points. Flyers, through two more games played, 39, have 42. So they're six back, and the Bruins have two games in hand. And this is the last time these two teams play each other. This is indeed Achilles' last stand. And again, this doesn't mean the Flyers are going to go on some sort of run if they win the game. All it does is it keeps it alive for another day, and and it it makes it still incredibly improbable, but not impossible. We've seen crazy things happen in NHL seasons. Teams come barnstorming back from being in last place to win the Cup like St. Louis did a couple of years ago, or Ottawa with the Hamburglar in net many years ago, Andrew Hammond. We've seen those things happen, but there are few and far between. But what I wanted to do on this episode— not going to play any sound from the coach or any players after practice or anything like that. I, I wanted to kind of break down the three reasons how we got here, how we got to this point that we're sitting here on April 10th and it is Achilles' last stand. So I broke it down into three different categories, two which I feel definitive about, and the third, and I'll, you know, it'll be easier to understand once I kind of lay it out. But the third is the big question mark for me. And it's been, a, it's been a weird year, obviously. With a pandemic going on, every NHL team is going through it, though. The Flyers aren't alone in that. The Flyers aren't the only team that lost a very important player in the offseason. A lot of teams have dealt with that this past year and many other years. Every team is dealing with a flat cap. Every team is dealing with an, a looming expansion draft. Flyers are not, you know the rare occurrence there. This is every, all 30 other NHL teams are dealing with this. And I mean, from Sean Couturier getting hurt in the second shift of game number two of the season, Shane Gostaspair being waived, allowing nine goals against, against the New York Rangers, JVR starting the year with his hair on fire and just playing unbelievable hockey that a lot of us didn't think he was capable of playing. The fact that Carter Hart has proven to bleed red blood and is human and had a poor month 
of goaltending. The fact that we're sitting here on April 10th, they haven't scored a shorthanded goal yet. Sam Moran got his first NHL goal. So when I think about this season so far, those are some of the things that kind of pop out in my head. The penalty kill, 30th in the, in the National Hockey League. The power play in spurts has been good and is middle of the pack in ranking, but at other times has looked abysmal. So how did we get here? All right, well, here's the number one, number one thing that came to my mind when I asked myself this question. And I went right back to where it started. I went to the offseason. And the offseason was obviously a lot different than any other offseason. Free agency was different because teams weren't handing out term. Teams weren't handing out big dollars because they were all trying to scramble with their own salary cap situation because of a flat cap and what was going on from a revenue standpoint with the NHL. So the Flyers weren't alone in that either. But the other, the other variable that compounded on them was that with one year left on his deal, Matt Niskanen retired. And that's a big deal because the free agent market wasn't stocked with Matt Niskanen retirement replacements. It wasn't. It's not easy to find a top-pairing, right-shot, right defenseman. It's not, it's not, they don't just grow on trees. And if there is one out there, they're usually not available. The fact that Chuck Fletcher went out and got Niskanen the prior year with that deal involving Radko Gudis and all he traded to, to get Matt Niskanen, was was a coup, and we saw the effect of that. But there wasn't a replacement out there. And in a flat cap, in a, heading into a season with an expansion draft and all the other ramifications, it made it really difficult on the Flyers. They went out and they signed Derek Gustafson. I don't think he was ever signed to be a Matt Niskanen replacement or to play on the right side on the top pair. But obviously that deal has not paid dividends. He had a great first game. But... Eric Gustafson, while he is offensively gifted, he is not gifted defensively. Offensively, yes. Defensively, he really struggles. And obviously with him being in and out of the lineup, more out of the lineup than in, it was a it was a, a medium risk, medium reward play. And it hasn't worked out for either either side. So that would that's a big part of how the Flyers got here. But I refuse it, and I've said this on here before. I refuse to believe that Matt Niskanen's departure and the subsequent hole on that top pair D is responsible for all of this. Because I, I don't believe that. I believe Matt Niskanen was a really good player, a great guy to have on and off the ice. I think he had an effect on a young defensive core, and I think he fit and all of those elements. But I refuse to believe that the team went from what they were last year defensively to what they showed in, in the 19 games in 33 days from the end of February through the month of March that they were that team because because Matt Niskanen wasn't there. So, well, I'll go, okay, Niskanen, huge loss. Get it. Didn't replace him. Get it. It's, it's not just that. Free agency, the trade market, there hasn't been a lot to do. There hasn't been a lot of answers out there. Teams aren't dealing we might see some dealing now that the, the trade deadline's uh, coming up this week, and we've seen some deals and teams buying cap space like Florida did uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks, but you have the flat cap. So the biggest the biggest reason while the team is where they are, or the initial reason, I should say, not the biggest, because I think the biggest reason is always the play of the players. But the thing that kind of set this in motion 
was the offseason, was the flat cap, was the pandemic, because that's what caused the flat cap, heading into an expansion year, and also the fact that, you know, there wasn't a replacement out there for Matt Niskanen. That's what set this in motion. That's what started it. We didn't see it at the time. We thought they could overcome it because we're going, Matt Niskanen, yeah, that sucks we lost Matt Niskanen. Yeah, we gained a little cap space, though. But that's not the way it turned out. Uh, The second part of this is, and I really got it, this is the one that I'm trying to come to terms with, is how did we get here? It's got to be, this season, the flawed process. Even when they were 11-4-1 heading into the month of March, the process, I, I hate using the term because it's such a Sixers thing and not nothing against the Sixers, but the flawed, pro- even when they were winning games in the beginning, they weren't playing well. And our mentality, and probably rightfully so, was, wow, they're winning games. Good teams fi- find ways to win games. Bad teams find ways to lose games. So they had that trait of a good team, even though they weren't playing well, Hey, they were getting an important goal here. They were getting an important goal there. They were getting a save. They were getting a bounce. That's that's the the mark of a good team. Well, the flawed process eventually reared its head in the sense that the results started matching up with the process, and then even when the process got better, the results stayed the same of of what they turned into, and it wasn't good. And then you couple that with the 19 games in 33 days, you couple that with 17 games in the month of March, uh, the trip to Tahoe, uh, the COVID element of it, and the the flawed process to me, this team to me, in very minimal spurts this season, looked like the team from a forechecking standpoint they were last year, from a neutral zone standpoint that they were last year, and certainly from a defensive zone standpoint that they were last year. And to me, the process, and and the process it involves the players playing, the coaches, and it involves all of them. And that's why the Flyers are where they are. Yeah, the offseason gave it, you know, kind of greased the skids to put them, push them in this direction, but it shouldn't have been this bad. And it, and it, and it got this bad. And the month of March was abysmal. And I know Elaine Vigneault doesn't want to talk about it. And he kind of snapped at Charlie O'Connor. And and if I'm him, I don't want to talk about it either. But it does lend context to how far the step back was. Now, since the calendar's turned, I think they have a record of 1-1-2 and in those four games. I think they've played well. They haven't gotten the results. But that doesn't matter right now. All that matters now is results. I don't care if you play like horse doo-doo if you get two points. It doesn't matter to me. But they're not getting two points. They're playing well, but they're not getting two points. They've gotten one on a couple of occasions and ended up losing an overtime or a shootout or whatever. But that's not good enough now because the flawed process that flooded its way into the month of March and ultimately put so much water on the boat that it's just really difficult to get it all off at this point. You just don't have enough time before the boat eventually sinks. And then the last part of how we got here, and this is the one, and I want to hear from people. That you can hit up my Twitter, at Jason Mert. You can DM me, or, or if you just want to tweet at me. I'd love to get people's response to this part of it. 
Because as I see it, you know, it can't be just one thing how the Flyers ended up in this position when they took such a progressive step forward last year. So it, it's got to be a combination of a lot of these things and maybe some some more that I didn't, I, I'm not even thinking of off the top of my head. You know, is it effort? Is that one of the reasons why we are where we are? I, I don't know. Is it effort? I mean, I see a team that is getting beat up pretty bad in games or down three goals, but then battles all the way back in a third period, has done so and won games, has done so and come up short. So is that an effort issue? I don't know. Is there just no effort in the beginning of the game? I don't ever question players' effort. You know, execution or readiness is, I think, something you can question, but effort to me is is one of those ones that's a little bit more difficult. There's no stats on effort. There's no stats on you know, intensity, or there's no stat that shows, you know, the, the, the really important elements of, of winning. Is it, you know, is it, a ta- is it a talent issue? Do they have enough talent? Is there a lack of talent on this team? I look at the roster and I go, I think there's a lot of talent here. But then that brings me right to the next thing. Is, it, is there talent here, but it just doesn't fit? Is this talent not the right talent to play with each other? I mean, that could be part of the equation. Maybe the pieces just don't fit. Look, we've seen teams with tremendous amounts of talent win nothing. Why? Because they they didn't fit. Players didn't. Sometimes players' talent doesn't complement other talent. Sometimes too much talent leaves people standing around watching. Sometimes you have to have a player on a line with talent because. The, the, the player with less talent does the nitty-gritty things, and that opens up space for the talent. So is it talent, but it just doesn't fit? I, I'm not sure. Is it scheme? I mean, this is the same scheme they ran last year from, from a strategic standpoint. Same forecheck, same neutral zone, same D zone, but it doesn't look that way. Do they not have the players to fit the scheme, or does the scheme not fit the player? I don't know. Is it COVID? I mean, they had their own COVID outbreak. They had players staggering back in, in after a COVID pause. And then the effect of it was the even more condensed schedule in a 56-game season. Is it, the, is it COVID? Is it the schedule? Is it the 19 games in 33 days without having two days off in between games? I don't know. A lot of teams are going through that. Some have really struggled with it. Others haven't. Is it youth? Is the young players just not as consistent as they need to be as professionals? Or is, hey, let's look at the other end. Is it age? Is it the the veteran players? Is that the issue? Or is it just a combination of some or all of those factors? You know, which ones is it? Why are we here? Why are we in this position where now, I mean, for goodness sake, the Flyers are in sixth place in this division. This was not supposed to happen. So how the hell did we get here? Because if we can't figure out how we got here, you can't figure out how to get out of here, if you know what I mean. I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers right now are in sixth place in the division, 42 points. They're, they're eight points up on the New Jersey Devils, but damn it. They're minus 25 in goal differential are the Flyers, and the Devils are minus 26. Explain that to me. Again, what is it? 
What, how did we get here? I'd love for people to tweet me at J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T and tell me how we got here. And there's parts of the season that just so much of it is so disappointing because as you're going through a pandemic, we use sports to escape, to feel good. And there hasn't been enough feel good. I mean, Morgan Frost, a guy that I was really intrigued by this offseason to see what he could do this year, got hurt in his first game. Comes in the lineup for Sean Couturier, separates his shoulder. He's been out all week. I mean, all season. Since. Didn't even get to see. I mean, Farabee's been unbelievable in year two. He's hit a little bit of a wall of late. But, I mean, you know what you have in Farabee. you got a really good player. Myers has been a conundrum wrapped in a riddle. Travis Sandheim has been really good at points, really bad at points. And it's been really uneven. I think in the last, God, probably since mid-March, I think he's probably been the most improved flyer. I know Coatsy and Tim Saunders were talking about that on the broadcast the other day, and I agree. He has solidified his game again. Provorov, Provorov is Provorov. And I think it's hard to, to judge his season with a revolving cast of a partner, especially on a top pair. It's, it's difficult. But sometimes his stick handling... And his puck control is an issue. I mean, Carter. You guys know how much I believe in this kid. How excited I am about the future with him. Travis Konechny's got eight goals in his last 50 games. He was a Flyers All-Star last year. So, this is just a little bit of therapy. Before Achilles' last stand. Achilles' last stand is today. It's the Flyers and the Bruins. It's at the Wells Fargo Center at 2 o'clock. You better tune in. I'll know if you don't. Tune in. We'll bring you the game. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with my nonsense. Enjoy your hockey today. We'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.